0: may be seated. Let's take a moment and pray, Father. We are so grateful that we have this time. This time it's different than all other times during the week where we get to gather and come to your kingdom and worship you in unity, in community, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you that you're meeting us in the midst of praise and adoration and worship. And, Lord, that you'll meet us now and your word that will ring true in our hearts. And, Father, we look with expectation to meet you at the table and come and receive you in the Eucharist and in the prayers. And Lord, we ask that right now, as we're here and we're meeting you, that we would be changed and transformed as a result of it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, morning. Good morning. We are um, we're going to take a look today at Matthew chapter 13. And as I told you, we're going to be going through Matthew's Gospel, so that could be your summer reading if you want to stay in tune as we're coming through different teachings throughout the Gospel during July and August, and you'll see a theme going through this summer as we're going through Matthew's Gospel, and uh, they're usually snapshots within the chapter, and today that we're in Matthew chapter 13, and um, Jesus is is at this point teaching the crowd on the Sea of Galilee, and he he's just goes outside on one of the disciples' boats so that the crowd that's gathered uh, can begin to hear that his voice begins to carry over the waters and to that area, and that's his said teaching place, and uh, those who have gathered are now listening, and, and, and there's something unique that's happening in the midst of Matthew chapter 13 as Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching the crowd that's coming. And remember, when the crowd that comes, there's many who are, who are becoming followers or they're seeking him out or they're seeking a healing or, or to find truth. And then there are those, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who are seeking him out for him to uh, make a mistake, for him to be tripped up, to find out really when, when, when they look upon him to disprove the things that he's saying or who he may, they may think he is. And so you have that whole crowd gathered together and he's teaching. And in Matthew chapter 13, it's actually considered a parabolic discourse. That's what they call it. That's a fancy way of understanding the theology behind the teachings through Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to sound fancy, say, I was reading uh, Matthew chapter 13. Did you know that's a parabolic discourse? All that means is it's, Jesus told a lot of tar- parables it means Jesus used parables in Matthew chapter 13 to do his teaching. But we need to understand that, that why, why did he choose that way? And specifically in Matthew chapter 13, he told eight different parables, two that he explained, which he rarely did. And he's unfolding a theme and he's unfolding a teaching as we go through this together. And there's three things that he's pointing out that we've got to get hold of, that he's talking about in, in, in the theme today of uh, the sower. That, that we would recognize these three things in the parable of the sower. And there's three distinctive things regarding this parable that Jesus is teaching. And first he's teaching about uh, these things that we would see as we have the mustard seed, I'm sorry, the seed, the sower, and the soil. That there's these three things that are taking place, the seed, the sower, and the soil. And the first is the seed, and the seed is simply this, the seed is the kingdom of God. And the gospel message, the revelation of who Jesus is, that's the seed that he's talking about, and that's what he's telling them, that it's the kingdom of God, and that they would understand that. The second is the sower, and that the sower is anyone who shares the gospel with others. And the sower, in this case, is Jesus. He's the one who's sharing the kingdom message. He is the gospel in the flesh of those who are gathering and seeing him. And he's, he's sowing that seed. The third thing he talks about is the soil. And the soil represents the people's response to the seed of the gospel. That's what the soil represents. It's, it's humanity's response to who Christ is. It's humanity's response then and now. Jesus understood that there was going to be these different ways that they were going to respond as a result of of who he is. And, And the parable of the sower, it's not so much about the sower or the soil as it is about the seed. And it's about the seed, which is the kingdom of God. And Jesus is telling his disciples that this is what's going to happen as this truth is proclaimed. See, the good seed is the word of God, and the bad seed is everything that's going to be contrary to the word of God. So the good seed is the seed that will be sown, it will bear fruit, it will it'll, it'll, it'll have roots, it will do all these things. The bad seed is the one that's rejecting that truth, the one that can't grow, the one that won't do those things. In Hebrew chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, For the word of God is living in what, church? Powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That God's word is what? Living and powerful. And that word is going forth. But here's what Jesus is teaching about these different areas of how it's received. It's only those, it's only those who are open to hear that can receive the living word. There's a difference. There's only those who are open. And Jesus understood that that was going to happen. Those who are open to hear His Word, those who are open to receive that living Word are the ones who are going to hear it. And His Word is truth, and we're given this gift to become part of this mysterious, amazing growth of His kingdom. We're given this incredible gift. And the message of the kingdom goes forth, and Jesus says those who hear will respond differently. All those who are going to hear this truth, all those who are going to hear about the kingdom of God, all those who are going to respond to that kingdom message, they're going to respond differently. Humanity is going to hear that, and they're going to have different responses. I know for many of us, we think that, uh, you know, man, I wish I was there during Jesus' time. You know, Jesus would have, he would have been walking the face of the earth, and I would have heard it, and I just would have been the best disciple ever. Maybe. Maybe. They're so silly. How did they not get it? How did they not see it? Oh, we didn't see it for a while. Sometimes we still don't see it. There's many who still need to see it. And that, that word's going forth, but Jesus gives this description regarding how that would be received. And there's four responses to this that are laid out in Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus explains those responses. He explains what happens. He, he helps us understand that parable. And the first is that he gives these responses, and the kingdom of God is, is that seed that is sown. And I've paraphrased some of Jesus' responses, so don't stone me after the service. But I paraphrased a little bit, because for me, it's easier for me to understand what I'm trying to teach in the way that I think. So when Jesus says the wayside, when the seed falls by the wayside, the wayside is basically the thick-headed. Don't raise your hand. No, don't don't say, oh, thank you, Father, that's me. No, 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 no. Get that down. I'm not looking for a show of hands on that one. Comes to the wayside, it's the thick-headed. They've heard the message many times, and they rejected it. They've heard the message, they've heard the gospel, the seed is coming, and the seed is being rejected. And the problem is that they're not seeing that seed as the truth, that gospel truth, that Christ being revealed of who Christ is in their life. That, that gospel truth is life-giving hope for us. And, and what the Lord says is that the enemy comes and he snatches that away because they're thick-headed, false to the wayside. The second is this. It's a stony place that he talks about. And the stony place are for those who are emotionally driven. Don't raise your hand on that one either. <laughs> Where there are those who are emotionally driven. We might know a few people like that. And there's an emotional response to who Jesus is. And, 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 and we, we, we have this emotional response to the message without a personal commitment to the Savior. You follow that? There's an emotional response, but I don't make the commitment that he's calling me to make. So what happens? Spiritual trouble comes, and they look for another emotional high. They shift. Jesus says it doesn't take root. Why? Because trouble comes, tribulation comes, circumstance comes and goes, "Ah, I don't like how this feels. I'm going to go over to this thing over here. And as I go from thing to thing to thing, instead of God strengthening me through those troubles, instead of my roots getting stronger and deeper, I just shift to the next thing. So I'm never really rooted in anything. And I continue to just search for that emotional response, that emotional high. And as most of us know, that, that, that's only going to last for so long. That when we're emotionally driven, our, our emotions will drive us crazy but that we have to be grounded and rooted in that relationship. And we have to recognize when that trouble comes that we're, we're in that uh, commitment of who he is, that he's the one helps us weather through that circumstance. He's the one who gives us the roots. And when you're emotionally driven, there's no roots. And easily, you'll be uprooted in that relationship. The third is the resistant. He says the thorns, the thorns, it falls by the thorns, the wayside, they get choked. It's this resistance. And they're attracted to Jesus, but they're unwilling to pay any price to follow him. And what that means is is basically, you know, I like your ideas and thoughts, but I'm really not willing to give it all up yet. I kind of want to add Jesus into my life and just make everything the way I want it to be, I don't want to give my life to Him and let Him lead me in the life I'm supposed to live. And what that means is that, that when, you, when, you're, when you're resistant, you're desiring the things in the world greater than to follow after Him. In other words, that I desire the things that are in the world greater than I desire a relationship with Christ. And there's this resistance. And I say, Lord... Jesus, I give you 25% of my life, Lord. Doesn't that sound silly? Lord, I give you half of me. The other half I'm going to hold on to because I kind of like, don't want you to disrupt the things I like. But you can't. That's actually called being double minded. And you don't want to be caught in that place. And there's a need for us, if we're hearing the kingdom message, that we have to respond in that way. That we have to break off and, 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 and not let the things of the world so easily entangle us. But we're, we're surrendering and saying, Lord, we're trusting you in all things. That, Lord, you're making a way. And I know for many of you, you're like, Father Brett, just get to the good soil. That's all I want to hear about. I don't want to hear about all these three other things, uh, uh, that, that, that thick-headedness and emotionally driven and resistant. But maybe we have to take a look at those things. Often we begin to look at those different types of places where the seed falls and we start to point at other people and go, yeah, that one's thick-headed. Oh, they're emotionally driven. Oh, resistant? Yep, they fit that one. But what if the Lord's talking about us? What I can tell you is I was all those things about 30 minutes ago before we began this place. I'm easily thick-headed, emotionally driven, and resistant on a daily basis. And I've got to come back to that place and recognize that, that hold on a minute, I wanted to be in that that richness, that good ground of of where that seed, and there was a seed that was sown into my life, into that good ground, that something did occur in that moment. But I have to look at those places and I have to see what is my response to the gospel today. See, the response to the gospel yesterday isn't as important as it is to your response today. How do you respond to who he is right now in this moment in your life? Where does that word land in your life? How does it land? Jesus talks about this good ground. And the good ground is simply the faithful disciple. It's the faithful disciple who who hears that word and responds to it. And, And the faithful disciple has three characteristics. First, they hear the word and are willing. That's what happens. They hear it and they are willing. Second, they understand it. After their willingness, they understand it. And third is that they respond to it. See, the thick-headed hears it and, and nothing happens after that second part. And then we're supposed to respond to it in that way that there's, uh, I, I heard, Lord, that call. I understand that truth of your word in my life, that I want to be that faithful, disciple. I heard the word and I'm willing. Second is that, I, Lord, I heard it. I'm willing and I understand. And the third is I have to action step respond to that word. And I don't know about you, but but I haven't really done anything in my life great in moderation. There's a tendency to be all in or not in at all. And how do we respond to that word? That, that am I going to give the Lord 50% of that response, or am I going to give him 100% of that response? In other words, when he makes that call, how will I respond to it? How will I be that faithful disciple? And he's calling those who are following him when he's preaching on all these different parables, this theme of the kingdom of God, that they would understand it. He's trying for them to understand, I'm calling you to be that faithful disciple. And a faithful disciple is this, makes a true commitment to a life in Christ. That it's a true commitment. It's genuine. I'm not going to let my thick-headedness, I'm not going to be emotionally driven, and I'm not going to be resistant. You know what it is? That soil that's turned, it's prepared and ready to receive. And he's saying, and when it goes there, wait and see what can happen. See, by the Spirit of God, a disciple is radically changed to bear fruit as a witness. Some 100, some 60, some 30. But there's a purpose as a result of it. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's what, church? A new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Forget the former things. Forget the past. Anyone who's in Christ is what? A new creation. That God's done a new thing. He's continuing to do a new thing in our lives. And where maybe there was thick-headedness, emotionally driven and resistant, I've got to say, Lord, that's the old thing, but I'm a new thing. Behold, because I'm in you. And I am in that new, I am that new creation. And I'm being made new every single day in a relationship with who you are. I'm being renewed each and every day as I come into a relationship with who you are. Then I'm gonna stop letting that old me try to get back into the new me. There's a new wine. There's a new wineskin, Lord. And I'm I'm that new creation because I've heard your word. I understand, Lord, it's taken root in my life. And I'm called to be that faithful disciple. And the truth of God is like that seed. And when it's planted, it's going to have various reactions. But Christ's plan for that seed that's planted, that it would be fruitful. That it would have abundant fruit. when that seed of truth is planted into our life, or into our, our hearts, which is our attitude, which is that response. It's, it's the soil that determines if the seed will grow. And he's planted that seed of his word. And God intends his word not to come back void, just as we read in Isaiah 55, 11, That when that truth comes forth and that word is heard, that that seed will be planted. And I believe that the thick-headed, emotionally driven, and the resistant will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. And that that seed will not come back void. And that God has a plan for that seed. And God has a plan for each one of us as a faithful disciple. For each one of us to bear much fruit. That he desires that a seed's purpose is to give life and bring forth fruit. And bring forth an abundant life. Not to just be buried in the ground and forgotten about. Amen. And if you're a faithful disciple, God's got a plan for you to be fruitful in your life. And that plan comes through his word. His truth. His truth about his kingdom, and about Jesus being revealed in the fullness of who he is. See, for those who are being saved, that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. For those who are lost right now, that fruit is a fruit of salvation. But either way, his word will bear fruit. And we have to desire of what that fruit is. And Lord's plan for your life is to be that faithful disciple. And he wants you to be fruitful, to bear much fruit. Now, I have today a gift for all of you, and they're seeds. And you either got them yet or you're going to get them on the way out. And I want that to be a reminder. I want you to take an action to your faith. Go find some place, dig a hole, and plant the seed. And then watch it grow. And that's what Jesus is saying in the parable it's going to take root. He's going to bring forth water and sunlight. And then that seed will grow and that seed will be abundant. It'll give life. It'll give fruit. And that's the life of a faithful disciple. And if you don't have somewhere to plant it, just go plant it at your neighbor's house. They'll love it. You know, just <laughs> be fruitful, brother. Yeah. And plant that seed with them. But he's calling us to that place. Your homework this week is to read Matthew chapter 13 and find all eight parables. And find the theme that Jesus is teaching about those parables. About his kingdom being revealed. About who Christ is being revealed for the salvation of all. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, um, that, that you don't give up on us. And Lord, right now, if we're dealing with maybe being thick-headed or maybe being emotionally driven or maybe being resistant, Lord, that we surrender of those areas of our life. And Lord, we want to be a faithful disciple. We want to be life-giving and we want to be fruitful abundantly. So Holy Spirit, work in us right now and bring forth that fruit and tear down any area of our life where there's been that resistance, Lord, so that we can be your disciples and we can see your kingdom on earth flourish. Now, you have, everyone has to respond to take an action to that. And if you're hearing the message for the first time about his kingdom, about Christ, and about that relationship he desires to have with each one of us, we've got to respond. The, to be that faithful disciple is to respond to that call of a relationship, and he's calling us. So I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes, and if you're sitting here right now and you haven't asked the Lord in your life that way, he's inviting you into a relationship. And we have to respond to it. If you're home right now and you're watching from wherever it is and you haven't responded to the gospel, the kingdom message, the seed being sown right now in your life, you need to respond to it and have that relationship so that you can be fruitful. That you know that Jesus loves you, that he went to a cross for your sins, that he died and rose again, he conquered death so that you can not just have life now but have an eternal life. And he makes that invitation. So what I want you to do is just pray with me to know him in that way. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And all heaven rejoices as we respond that way. If you prayed with me and you're on the campus, let us know right now. If you're on another streaming platform, let us know. Uh, Please contact us. Why? Because I want to see that seed that's planted be fruitful. And we want to help you on that journey that Christ has you on. So please let us know. Amen? Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. In a new kind of way, share with one another a sign of peace.